I'm starting to think that having cold brew at 4.30 p.m. is not the move and that I'm not going to sleep at all tonight. Yeah. Well, that's the goal for me. And that leads me to my first complaint that I was talking about. Oh, look, you have a coffee, too. Wow. I have a, I have a cold brew as well. And Starbucks got me. I drink the vanilla sweet cream cold brew every day. Sure. Every day. So he's, good. He's fueled by sweet cream, this boy. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. And I saw yesterday <laughs> chocolate cream cold brew. And I thought, oh, that's probably the same but different. I could I could really get down with that, you know, switch it up sure. a little bit. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's too much vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. This is dog shit and I hate it. Oh, and I, no. I, waited, <laughs> I waited until today to get it. And it's one of the ones that has like the shit on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the vanilla sweet cream cold brew, it's the same consistency throughout it, ideally. But mm-hmm. some of the cold brews, they have like the fucking flavoring and shit as a layer on top of the coffee. See, I like the layer of cream. And I, that. I stopped getting, well, here, I will in a minute, but I okay. will tell you that I really stopped getting the vanilla cream cold brew once the that layer of cream was no longer standard when it was the same consistency back in the day interesting when when it originally rolled out they did have that layer of vanilla cream and then it was cold brew but i think they must have changed the emulsion method or something yes. because now i've noticed that that no longer happens with this new revelation of this the chocolate cream layer being separated i'm interested in what you're drinking so why do you like overly sweet things followed by incredibly bitter things explain that to me um, I think it's just, <laughs> it's just a different sip experience, right? It because is. It is. When you, when you sip and it's all the same throughout, you're like, huh, that is a taste. But when you have the sweet followed by the bitter, you're like, ooh, there's a taste. Ooh, and there's another taste. And I'm going to let those <laughs> two tastes hang out. And I'm going to like choose the way I want to experience this. Mm, mm. That's why they put the fudge at the bottom. That's a Jerry Seinfeld bit. Sure. Um, s- I understand what you're saying, but when I when I'm thinking of my coffee, I just want the same. I want a homogenous experience throughout the entire thing. I want to know what I'm getting and be able to sip it without even looking at it. I don't even want it. I want it to be the kind of addiction I don't even think about, and I'm just <laughs> sipping it and not processing it, and it just goes in my body, and that's it. But now okay. I have to like look at it before I sip it to make sure you're getting equal parts. Yeah, but you might like this fucking bullshit. But now yeah. that it's melted, because I've had it for a while, it's kind of all blending into one, which I appreciate. I I I will try it now. I've been convinced to try it. I, you know, the top layer is good. I just wish, it, but it's very sweet. And I just wish it was spread throughout the entire thing like a vanilla sweet cream cold brew. Vanilla, sure. I emphasize the wrong word there. Vanilla sweet cream cold brew. Vanilla sweet cream cold brew. No. Because this is <laughs> this is also a sweet oh, cream cold brew. Sorry, sorry, vanilla sweet cream cold brew. That's right. That's correct. Uh, okay. Now I have Do another wanna... complaint. Oh, hold okay. On. <laughs> hold on. Are hold we... on. <laughs> We're still. <laughs> All right. Okay. Take your Before time. Before we get into the Fine, soda, take, I need take your time. Need... Take a drag. It's okay. We don't have anything to do. <laughs> I have to take a drag. <laughs> so I got a new job. Yeah. And oh, I hope pro- you don't have any complaints about that. Absolutely not. Wonderful organization. Um, <laughs> and it's provided me a sense of like financial comfort that I am not accustomed to. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get myself some treats. Ooh, you know? Yeah. I ordered a pair of Jordans, Jordan 1s, Pumpkin about which twice. I'm very excited. 
pumpkin spice Jordan ones. They're great. Google it. Uh, and then the next day after I ordered those shoes, I was on a call at work and they were like, hey, we're thinking of all getting purple shoes for when we're all at events together. That'd be fun because our color's purple. And I thought, man, I'm going to one up these motherfuckers. I'm going to get a pair of like white Jordan ones with the purple stripe, you know? And yeah. so that I look like this is, these are my purple shoes, but they're really cool looking. Okay. Right. Now I'm a size 11 and a half. Sure. In men's and ladies, you know what that means? I don't. Pretty small no feet con- for a guy my size, no actually. That is big or small. I really don't. <laughs> Pretty below average for a guy. That's my height. Um, so I ordered a pair of 11 and a half Jordan 1s in this purple colorway. And I'm about to show you the shoes. And I want you to explain to the audience what's wrong. Okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, audience, this is what happened. This is what happened in front of my eyeballs. Michael said that, and then he grabbed the shoe (laughs) from off screen, and he put it directly in front of the camera, and I didn't really see what was wrong. I I was too stunned to speak. I couldn't figure it out. I practiced that reveal. He took the shoe, and he (laughs) brought it back so that it was next to his head as a reference of size, and it is a teeny tiny little baby shoe. It's a very tiny, teeny tiny baby shoe. Now, (laughs) when I was looking for shoes, I filtered 11 and a half, and I thought my job was done, okay? That's all I should need to do. I shouldn't then have to filter additional sizes that also are 11 and a half. Right. Now, this is an 11 and a half preschool shoe. Yeah. I didn't know that preschool was a size. Who knew? No one knew. Why do they have their own sizes? It's just baby shoes. (laughs) But apparently Nike is like, no, we have our own method of measuring preschoolers feet. And (laughs) for some reason, I got caught up in that. Now, I looked at the website again, and it does say Jordan 1, court high, whatever, parentheses, PS. But I don't know what parentheses PS means. Who the fuck knows what that means? I thought it meant postscript. Purple shoe, I thought. (laughs) But no, it means fucking preschool. And so now I have these goddamn tiny shoes that I don't know what to do with because I don't know any fucking preschoolers because I'm an adult. I bet you could like walk into an elementary school. Wait, you shouldn't do that. You've got a mustache. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I have a mustache. But somehow you could make a kid's day with those shoes or you could just return them. That's the thing. Okay. That's another problem. Oh, no. I got them from the website StockX, which is like a middleman, right? Sure. So they advertise the shoes. You buy them. Some seller somewhere whose name I don't even know sends them to StockX. They verify their authenticity and then they send them to me. So now my only option is to sell a shoe on StockX, which I don't feel like doing. I, w- I, I wish I could just return it and maybe maybe the process would even be similar. But it's just it feels like too much work for me. And so now I'm just stuck with these baby shoes that cost me a lot of money. <laughs> and you're going to have to buy other purple adjacent shoes for your exactly. work function. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny that I think it should take us to the intro music. Here we go. So that's it, huh? <laughs> your chips are down and you're throwing the towel. I don't think so. Because there's still one podcast out there that we can count on. 
Hey everyone. Hey folks. Hey everyone. What's up everyone? You're listening to My Ex and I with Natalie, Natalie and Michael. and Michael. Two people who used to date, but don't anymore. They talk about their lives, dating, relationships, and basically everything else. But they're not professionals. They're just making jokes. Don't take anything they say too seriously. It's My Ex and I podcast. Natalie can't stop talking and Michael can't stop bleeding. They're talking, talking exes, exes for the rest of us. Why would you start a podcast with your ex? Because loneliness is that hard. I forgot what that intro sounded like, kind of, and I got to experience it again for what feels like the first time, and that's great. That That is great. Hey, what's your name? <laughs> I always forget that part. I think my job's done after I hit the button, and it's not. It's not. Hey, everybody, I'm Michael. And I'm Natalie. And my ex and I have a podcast together. And this is episode 76. 76 guard your dicks there it is uh i feel like i haven't done that in a while too i say the episode number after Mm -hmm. because i think Mm -hmm. i've forgotten yeah but here we are but here we are um and welcome do you are you grateful for anything i am so this is another my second half of my show and tell today yes again because i got this new job (laughs) and i have money now i bought this beautiful musical thing michael gratitude corner is not for commodities but if this is all you prepared (laughs) then i guess talk about it uh no but this is just uh (laughs) it is really cool (laughs) how i express myself creatively and that's what i'm grateful for this just happens to be the conduit by which i'm able to do that uh hey everybody it's michael i'm editing the podcast right now and i realize that i'm about to jump into talking about this thing and i never even said the fucking name of it so you can't google it uh it is a an op1 made by a company called teenage engineering uh you know sometimes you're hosting a podcast and you're just talking and you're thinking about the thing you're gonna say like two minutes from then and you forget to say the obvious thing that's right in front of you that you're literally holding uh so yeah that's a it's a teenage engineering op1 enjoy the rest of the show there you go and it's very cool it's a uh it's a powerhouse of a little object it cost me a lot of money uh it's very small as you can see because i'm putting it by my head and so you have a reference for how large it is Mm -hmm. because you know how big my head is and it's just it's like a synthesizer a drum machine an arpeggiator it's a four track recorder it's very very cool and it's gotten me back into making music with which i'm very very excited about uh, because I haven't been doing that for a very long time. I've been a busy boy and have felt uninspired making music for a long time. And now I have this thing and it's like a whole new approach to making music. I've never had like a physical, I mean, I played guitar for a long time, but then I kind of switched to just doing it on the computer, like a fucking millennial. And now I have like this actual thing. I don't need to plug this into a computer. I just carry it with me and I just have it and it's very small and I can put it on my lap and make music. So it's an instrument. Yeah. Yeah, it's an instrument. They refer to it as a DAW, which is uh, bold because that stands for Digital Audio Workstation, and it's kind of hardware. But sure. like, yeah, you record everything into it. It's like a virtual four-track recorder on your little device, and you like record into the four tracks, and you can overdub them and then play the tape at different speeds, so it sounds totally different. It's like it's really bitching. Uh, cool. That being said, I haven't used a physical instrument in a long time, so now I'm like relearning how to kind of make chords with a piano-esque thing and so that's been a journey but i'm having a lot of fun with it hell yeah that's sick as hell and i'm very good because dude now before 
like I said, I made music on my computer exclusively. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, you can't watch a YouTube video at the same time because same speakers. Same speakers, hard. Disorienting. Yeah, you can't you can't be playing music out of the same speaker you're also listening to another thing out of. And so now I have my laptop set up watching a YouTube video and I'm jamming on this thing and it's it's so fun. It's so fun. That's cool. Do you are you like doing anything specific on it right now or are you just like kind of cruising and figuring out? I'm just kind of cruising and figuring out. It's going to take me days to get used to this because it is another thing I like about it is that it kind of forces you to not be precious with your music. Uh, you can all, it's a four track recorder. That's all you have. You can then export that to a computer to save what you've done. But ultimately you hit record, you record something. And then if you fuck up, that's on the recording and you can like undo a single track. But if you're overdubbing, forget about it. Yeah. There's like ways around it to kind of protect what you just did or what you had before, but it's like, you're just jamming and vibing and you know, the mistakes are like left in. It's really cool. I, I love it. I love it. Cause I'm used to MIDI <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen who make music on, on a computer. I'm used to MIDI where I can like move the piano roll very, very specifically and like quantize it to be exactly the right time and all that shit. And this is kind of forcing me to just like be hanging out. And my favorite thing to do is because it's a virtual like tape deck, you can make a song at a certain BPM and then like fuck up how it's being projected i guess and it slows it way down or speeds it way up and you like you make a little like lo-fi rap beat and then you change the speed and suddenly it's like a synth wave cool thing that you didn't even know you were making which is so cool yeah yeah so i'm having a lot of fun but i'm learning relearning how to make music basically and and it's fun right on yeah yeah that's sick as hell and another thing i rediscovered another love this last week yeah. Drawing. Haven't been drawing in a long time. Oh, I draw yeah? my iPad because I'm a fucking millennial and that's been dead forever. Just mm-hmm. sitting in the corner of my room, literally collecting dust. But my Rocket League team needed a new logo and uh-huh. I had made one that I wasn't proud of. And so I said, I'm going to dust this thing off. I'm going to make us a better logo. I don't know if I can do it because I haven't drawn in a long time, but I fucking, I killed it. It's a great logo. And now I'm drawing again too. Hell yeah, dude. So creativity creativity i love that i love that my thing that i'm grateful for is different um my my thing that i'm grateful (laughs) tiny shoes that my friend (laughs) accidentally bought um no my thing that i'm grateful for we're gonna get intimate uh i'm grateful that i'm 28 years old yeah there it is there it is. I'm grateful that I'm 28 years old and that I um, am no longer embarrassed to use a lube during sex. Great. Fantastic. That is it's great. That's a revelation and it's a great one. It's great. It's great. It's great. You know what? You know what? It's just easier. Just. Yeah, just, absolutely. You can just, you can just use it. I, 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 I you know. I think we, we're living in a post-WAP society, you know? That's, we've, that's very true. We've got all this pressure. Yeah. Fucking macaroni in the pot, that shit. And uh-huh. sometimes you just don't always get there by yourself. Sometimes okay. you're on antidepressants and you're sure. a, a dry person. Yeah. And that's okay. I, Absolutely. I, I, 
you can just you can I think Nicki Minaj it. would agree with you. Is that who did that song? No. No. Cardi, Cardi B. B. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but but Nicki Minaj has surely contributed to the wet pussy supremacy that That's what I was thinking of. that yeah. dominates our culture. But if you if if you do not produce your own moisture in a way that feels comfortable for you, just store bought is fine, you know? Like Absolutely. It's gonna I I used to be embarrassed about it. I used to not want to do it. Um, and so I you know, it would really only happen once I was like with a partner for a while and like I felt comfortable introducing it to the mix. Sure. Um that's not how I fly anymore. I am an every time kind of kind of gal, you know. Yeah. I'll catch me carrying that shit in my purse because it, I've got to have it. it on me. Got to um, have that thing on me. I, I, I yeah. got to have that thing we on We have me. the technology. We figured it out. What do we, we do? We figured it out. Do you use your air conditioner? Of course you do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes exactly. nature doesn't exactly. give it to us and we have to we have to make something that helps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um so while we're while we're here talking about lube, I do feel compared <laughs> to share with the audience um, that as it is adding another accessory to the to the sex accessories collection for uh-huh. normal folks, um, you've got lube and condoms. Um, Water based or silicone lube are always going to work with condoms, right? Don't have to worry about it. Latex condoms specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're using an oil-based lube or like a Vaseline or a lotion or God uh-huh. forbid a coconut oil that you pulled from the kitchen, good lord. Um, but oil can damage latex. So sure. just be just be aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any reason to prefer an oil-based lubricant over I don't think so. Yeah, because I feel like I've never just buy the good one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, just buy... buy the one that's good all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and additionally, ladies, you don't have to just ladies, use lube. Up. You don't have to just use lube for sex. You can use it for masturbation. You can lose it. You can use it even if your vulva just feels like it maybe needs to be moisturized. Maybe she's a little thirsty. Sure. Like, you know. And uh, or if if you struggle to put in tampons, which I sometimes do because I get a little little stressed, a little sure. tense, and then sometimes yeah. it hurts. You can sounds stressful. You can, you can use lube, yeah. Um, so lots of lots of ways. I think lube is wonderful, and I'm very grateful for it and the comfort it provides. Much like air conditioning, that is a great metaphor. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Been working mm-hmm. on it for years. Uh, yes. Fellas, you can also use it for masturbation, and you should just always have some. You know. Just it's keep nice. it. Just keep it around. It's nice to have. I recommend the um, the Good Clean Love brand because it just love it. Super super sensitive to things, so that one all has always seemed to work. It's a great name. Yeah. It's a great name. So yeah, I love it. Well, uh, lube. Thank you. Thank you. Thank creativity, you for being there. creativity and lube. That's what's doing it for us this week. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that. <laughs> Lube is a product. Well, but my great my gratitude was more of at like my maturity that I am yeah. Right. That okay. I'm there. That because makes sense. I'll, I'll tell you, I have, you know, white knuckled plenty of encounters that of were course. Just entirely too scrapey. Yes, yes, yes. Of uh, yeah. That happens. That happens. That happens. And it shouldn't and it shouldn't have to. And it's nobody's fault. Also, don't circumcise your little your kids, because uh boys that's uh, you're taking away their contribution to the self lubrication that's supposed to be happening during sex. 
Oh, does. I didn't yeah. know that. Boys can contribute. Yeah, if you I don't I don't need to like draw anyone a picture, but like it 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 helps. And uh, probably probably not like with condoms though, right? Probably not. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. I guess that's yeah. true. Although lubricant can make condoms more comfortable for men. So maybe that's, that's true. part of it too. There we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Everyone? Everyone? Just just have it around, you know? Just have it around. Every oh, a house a house is not a home. Without, without, without a bottle, a bottle of, lube. of lube. I've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for years. Oh, I'm happy we finished that before my mom got home because she's about to walk in. Um, I also wrote down that I was grateful for my for my cats. Yeah. I have one next to me. Hey, Finn. In a chair. He likes to sit there while I'm working and playing uh, my games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know. I think I think we've talked about this at various times uh, throughout our our podcasting career, but goddamn, they've gotten me through some shit. And every time I'm stressed or whatever, his little dumb face is looking back at me, sitting on my desk, and it's it's wonderful. And so I always I always uh, appreciate those little dudes. There's a um, the the new Harry Styles album came out. Sure, Her- Harry's house. It's it's pretty good. There is a song. It's called Harry's um, house. Yeah, like Aaron's house. I don't know. Didn't Aaron Carter have a song like Aaron's Aaron's I party? I thought that was Aaron's party. Yeah, but that seems too similar. Go ahead. Well, it's called Harry's house because he was like he compared going to therapy to like unlocking rooms in your like mental house. It's cool. Oh, I don't know. I like that. Um, yeah, it's cool. But uh, the album's good. But there's a song called Matilda that's all about like um, that is very emotional and a lot of people really love it. But it's all about like. Siri, I wasn't talking to you. Maybe you were. I wasn't. Um, I but think it's she about like, than you. It's about like found family and like what, like choosing to have people around you. And I was like thinking about it this morning when I was laying in bed with the dogs, and I was like, hell yeah, this is this is my little found family. I I'm sorry, my mom just handed me war photos. <laughs> <laughs> like photos from a war. Are these my grandfather? Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get. I don't want to get like cigarettes or coffee on these. One of them is is from the war. Huh. Vietnam, Korea, Korea for sure. Sure. Older. Right. I don't know. Uh, sorry about that. Um. No. You're good. But anyway, Harry, St- Harry Styles made you think about your lovely. Animals. Yeah. It's named Matilda after the movie? Uh probably. After That's the a good book. Movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the book. It's, it's named that after the book. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me give give me a clean take of book so I can use it. <laughs> book. I don't remember my inflection. <laughs> It's named after the book. There we go. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. Gonna, now you're gonna look like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna edit it. Too much work. Um, Too much work. I forgot it was a book. Danny DeVito. What? Oh, yeah. Danny DeVito. He directed it. The book. <laughs> yeah, he was sitting over the author, author's shoulder. It's a book by Roald Dahl. Oh, is it? Yeah. Isn't everything, you know. Did you like those books when you were a wee lad? 
I'll tell you, I didn't like books when I was a wee lad. I, <laughs> dude, if I could fit into those Jordans right now, there's no way you're catching me with a book. <laughs> no one. I feel like no one read to me. I didn't. I didn't have an interest in it. Uh, hated it. Hated it until literally my freshman year of college. Then I was like, I guess I can read books. And then you went on to major in books. Yeah, which feels strange. And I did yeah. I did feel like and I had to catch up on all the books that I was supposed to have read by that point or mm, like I, I didn't read them. You didn't? No, you read books. I read books, but I read like The Princess Diaries. I was not you would not catch me read, reading the The Grapes of Wrath even now. Even of now. Course. No thank of course. you. I've yeah, got why, other things. Why would you? N- not enough kissing. Yeah, not enough kissing. <laughs> I never read whenever we were assigned a classic in high school or even college. Yeah. If if there wasn't kissing within the first 30 pages, no thanks. Yeah. 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 I'm out. Some classics. You like the Pride and Prejudices. No kissing, kissing. but like lots of, lots of, you know, emotional kissing. Emotional kissing. That's true. My, yeah. I do that's actually, it. that's actually going to be topical for what I'm t- going to talk about later. Emotional kissing. I love it. Somewhat. Someone. Or Jane Austen. Some, um, someone. The You'll movie Pride and Prejudice. Um, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Dude, we should be making more uh, like classic literature adaptations into modern day rom-coms. I think that would just reveal that classic books suck. <laughs> <laughs> like the canon was decided by boring dudes and yeah. none of those books would be a good movie. That was a genre for a while, though. And you, you, what about like a, what's that one Heath Ledger movie mm. with the girl who looks like she's mad all the time? Well, that's 10 Things I Hate About You. And that's right. an adaptation of The Taming the of the Taming Shrew. of the Shrew. Yeah. Because yeah. they sound similar. So, like, that's fun. Have I done but, that bit on this podcast where the 10 Things I Hate About You sounds like Taming of the Shrew? No, I don't think if, so. If you try to say 10 Things I Hate About You while you're drunk, it sounds like Taming of the Shrew, which I think was intentional. <laughs> I think okay. you're right. Thank you. I just I wanted that on record. Right. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> when a how comedian, they got there. when a stand-up kills with that in a couple of years, I want it on record just, that I said just it. No, just yeah. know it was Michael. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you hear about Dave Chappelle, uh, John Mulaney? Yeah, I, I so I saw a TikTok that was like, okay, so John Mulaney performed in like Columbus, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. and Dave, we Chappelle know was, many people that were there. We know many people that were there. Um, and Dave Chappelle was one of the openers. And I saw a TikTok, a TikTok that was like this girl. And she was like, I literally did not know who this comic was until he started making fucking transphobic jokes. And then I realized it was Dave Chappelle. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> they probably didn't give him a good intro because they were like, they'll know. They'll yeah. know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't think it was a planned opener. I'm pretty sure he was just in the area. And was well, yeah, because like, he, he lives in I'll Yellow Springs, time. so he lives, he lives like 40 minutes away. Yeah, but that's still, that's a drive. Not when another tour stop is in L.A., you know? I, like, if your buddy's performing in Columbus and it's John Mulaney and he wants to let you open, you'll you'll drive. I guess that's fair. I always, I just pictured them at dinner like a couple hours before and then Dave was like, I'll do 15. And John was like, okay, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, didn't go well. Well, I'm sure it probably went fine. Like, I'm sure if we ask our friends who were there, they'll say it was like a good show or whatever. I just like, I'm tired. <laughs> I wish that other people who did better things had more chances. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but you know what? Let's keep let's talk about more positive things. You were talking about kissing or something. Um. Well, I I can <laughs> I can take us somewhere, but we're not going to go to a positive place at first. Oh no. Okay. So if, at if first. You have any- well, no, really the whole time, but it's, <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, but if you have anything that's like happy, maybe we should do it now. Or we could save it for the end and do just a sandwich. Um. Okay. Okay. No, I'll say, yeah, I'll save a thing for the end and do a sandwich because we want to land in the air. Or right. Something. All right. So <laughs> let me, let me ground us really quick. Let okay, me like okay. take this flight down and then I'll put the burden on you to uh, take it off again. Oh, I think I can do it. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, so as we know, right now, uh, women in America have a constitutional right to abortion. Yep. Um, we won this right in 1973 with the case Roe versus Wade. Uh, But now, nearly 50 years later, leaked documentation suggests that the Supreme Court is prepared to end this constitutional right. Um, Abortion is still legal in all 50 states, but a lot of states have passed laws and restrictions that make it harder and more expensive to get an abortion. So abortion access is is minimizing every day. Yeah. Um, Abortions are health care. I'm I'm really not here to to make that point. There's a lot of people who who have um and you can look them up but i just wanted to set that stage because it's so disturbing and degrading to hear that this is even a a conversation right now um in 2022 you know yeah (laughs) i can't i can't believe it um i never thought i would see that in my lifetime i i never thought i would see in my lifetime um Really quickly, if you or anyone you know needs an abortion, you can visit abortionfinder.org for an explanation of state-by-state abortion laws, um, a search function for verified abortion providers, and um, resources for financial assistance um, and assistance to abortion access. But the reason that I bring all of this up is because as this is all happening, I think a lot of women, myself included, have uh, really needed a way to escape everything that's that's happening. I mean, escapism through fiction has always been a thing. Um, But myself and a lot of other women uh, escape through historical romance novels. Love it. And... I just thought it was interesting that in this, in the face of, you know, my rights being discussed at a, at a legislative level, why am I wanting to escape to a book that's set in a culture where women's rights were a lot more restrictive and culture was, was a lot less progressive. Um, why? Question mark. Why? Por qué? I, I I don't really fully understand. So I thought we would just do a little deep dive into that. I know that we've talked about um, what happens in historical romances kind of at length here on the podcast. I think we discussed some historical romance heroes. Yeah. Um, but this is really a look into the way that women were treated during this era and how that, that translates into the fantasies that contemporary women are having and mm. why we're we're fantasizing about this this bygone era um so that's what i wanted to talk about today michael are you ready i think so yeah yeah 
one more thing on the abortion thing too. Uh, ninety three percent of abortions happen in the first trimester. Do not, and six percent in the second, and that's often just because they did not have proper medical care and were not fully aware that they were pregnant or didn't have access to an abortion before that. So do not let motherfuckers try to tell you this ban is be- for those late term abortions. Yeah, incredibly yeah. rare and often done as a result of medical necessity. So yeah, fuck fuck those people. I'm also really not interested. Like, this is not an invitation for you to like message the podcast and give us your opinion. Um, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in anyone's opinion, especially if you're a dude. Um, I, that's not. That's not what we're discussing. You know. Nope, you know. Nope. Like, I don't care. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so I think where we need to start in this in this uh, exploration of themes is with what even is. A historical romance novel. Yes, please. That'd be a helpful place to start for <laughs> some of the audience, not me, but I'm sure other people. Um, so this is a, a an excerpt from a an article called "A Brief History of the Romance Novel" by Amanda Pagan. Um, the modern romance novel or mass market romance novel has its origins in the romantic fiction of the 18th and 19th centuries. In novels such as Samuel Richardson's Pamela or Virtue Rewarded, the gothic romances of Anne Radcliffe, and the works of Jane Austen, readers were introduced to a new form of fiction, one that primarily focused on the lives and struggles of female protagonists. Although modern romance novels have expanded to both include authors and protagonists of different genders, races, sexualities, and abilities, historically, romance novels separate themselves from other genres by being primarily written by women, for women, and about women. The historical romance genre um, can include all types of history, like all of history. That's what historical means, right? Yep. Uh, (laughs) So like this could be like cowboys, Vikings, like 1920s Gatsby-esque, like rich people. Pirates? But pirates. Sure. Um, But among romance readers, the term historical romance has kind of become shorthand for like historical romance that takes place somewhere around 19th century Britain or like British adjacent society. That's what I um, picture. Yeah, that's that's kind of what people mean by it. Um and so that's like I, I think there are a lot of reasons for that, but primarily because it's the blueprint. Like it's when this genre started emerging, so mm-hmm. it kind of like set the standard for how romance happens. Um and it, like we're literally going all the way from like Pride and Prejudice to like 1970s, like bodice rippers. Like this is when the erotic fiction started happening all the way Hell up yeah. to, to like today. And you see things like Bridgerton and, you know, there are a lot of like contemporary writers doing historical romance set in this time period. Um, it's important to know that this time period did suck real bad. Sure. Um, the British were colonizers and literally everyone except for the white nobility and the gentry were like having a really bad time. Um, so just important to know. That makes sense. <laughs> even even at Jane Austen, Charles Dickens was writing around the same time and talking about yeah. how shitty things were. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um but this i think the setting became so popular because there's this like unique blend of like laws and what 
you know, was acceptable in society, what was considered polite, what was considered honorable. They all blended together to kind of form this idealistic version of being a woman and being expected to get married and the process therein. Yeah. Um, and I want to explore those and kind of contrast them with like what I experience as a love single it. woman of today. This is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so some important cultural norms to know. Drink. Mm-hmm. Drink, drag. Um, so important things about the culture to know. During this time, female offspring were less valuable than male offspring because they couldn't inherit property. Um, the only value a woman could bring her family was through marriage. Um, if she married well, marriages were kind of seen as a business transaction between families, right? So your sons could inherit your property and your daughters could marry, hopefully to acquire you some more wealth or property. Yeah, and yeah. that was, that was the point. Um, a woman was a financial responsibility. So because they're seen as property under the law, they're also seen as a financial responsibility. Um, And this responsibility transferred from her father to her husband. Traditionally, men received a dowry from a woman's family as kind of an inducement to take over the woman's day-to-day financial upkeep for the rest of her life. Um, A dowry could be a lump sum. It could be an annual sum. um, It could be property, land, whatever. Um, in the event that a woman's father or husband died, the responsibility for her upkeep would transfer to her closest male relative. And in my notes, I wrote, this is pretty tight. Not going to lie. Um, because that, that stood, um, for her entire life, not until she was like a legal adult or something. So like tight. Love it. Um, another thing was that women's had, women had to be virgins until marriage. Um, You know, purity culture will tell you that it's because they were meant to stay clean and and pure for their husbands. But really, it was more about the ruling class um, retaining property and the rich staying rich. Um, Any children outside of marriage were considered illegitimate. And so any illegitimate children were seen as threats to succession and inheritance and stuff. So that was just very, very frowned upon. Um. Everyone in society took part in the hyper-policing of a woman's virginity um, to the point mm-hmm. where everybody everybody knew what to do to make sure that a woman stayed virtuous, right? Jesus, yeah. She wasn't allowed to like be in a room with a man by herself. She had to have a chaperone when she went places. Um, a man would usually be hesitant to compromise an unmarried woman, um, and compromising could be anything from like boning down all Uh the way to just being alone with her. Um, Note that this is all only for like women of gentle birth, like women (laughs) in the nobility or the gentry. So like the the ruling class or the middle class, they didn't care about like poor women or whores, you know, like they, it was not seen as the same thing. Sure. Okay. A, A bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last cultural norm on my list was, um, if a man compromised a woman, he often had to marry her. Uh, we'll talk about this mean, what this means in the context of a romance novel later, but it's important to note that in reality, the idea of a man being honor bound to marry a woman he'd compromised was less about doing something beneficial for the woman and more out of respect for all of the other men out there who would now not want her. Uh, it was kind of like a, you break it, you buy it situation. Sure. Sure. So Holy with shit. all with all that in mind, just bad sex back then, huh? 
Yeah. With all that in mind, why is this setting so popular for romance novels? Yeah. Good question. It seems like a bad time. Well, I'll tell (laughs) you. My first point is that um, the inception of a marriage and the inception of a relationship was a community-wide affair. Everyone in society contributed to marriages happening. Um, The social season was a series of events that was hosted for an entire community that was literally dedicated to being places where single people could go out, see each other, make connections, and start courting each other. We have no equivalent except for like a speed dating night at a wine bar that is expensive. Yes, yes. There's... It's it's hard. It's hard to go out yeah. there and meet people now. And back then, that was literally people, married people were throwing parties specifically so that all the single people could meet each other. Love it. Love it. Love it. We should do Love that. It. We should do that. But again, um, we're talking about nobility primarily, right? Well, we're talking about nobility and the gentry. So the gentry Got was it. like your upper middle class. Yeah. Like just the normal the, the normal citizens and then there's sure. like the working class and then yeah. like the poor people you know right so again we're talking about a very small subset of society if this could be like applied but in like a cool way that would be tight i love it yeah um we could work with this for sure because of the transaction nature of marriage, uh, families usually orchestrated it for you. Um, even if you weren't like part of the nobility or you couldn't go to London, there were still like balls and shit. Like it was just way easier yeah. to meet people. Um, like contrasted with how isolating it is to be single today, how finding a partner has been reduced to just staring at your phone alone uh-huh. in your house. Yep. Um, it's fun to read about this world where, you know, you could go to a party and meet someone and that was that was the way things happened. Yeah, yeah. Also, what a nerve-wracking event. I guess this is part of what makes those those works of literature so compelling is like how scary would it be to go with one of those? You'd be you'd be nervous as fuck. Well, that brings me to my next point. Love it. Because the process of forming a relationship with someone was so public, men wanted to be good at it. Of course, yes. Like you, every everybody saw you dancing. Everybody saw you courting. Like you yeah. wanted to be like cool and you wanted your other guy friends to think that you were cool. Like you flirting was more subtle, respectful, predictable. Your intentions had to be clear. And if they weren't, you were labeled as like a scoundrel and a rake. And while sure. that wasn't as devastating as being, you know, a a wanton woman, it yeah. still had some societal consequences. Um, sure. There were consequences for being gross and icky. It would have been <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. would want to do it. Men studied. There was, I'm going to read to you from a publication called The Gentleman's Book of Etiquette and Manual of Politeness by Cecil B. Hartley, published in 1860. I know Cecil. You know Cecil? He had <laughs> a lot of great advice for dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, including a gentleman will always be polite. In the parlor, dining room, and in the street. This last clause will especially include courtesy towards ladies. 
no matter what their age or position. A man who will annoy or insult a woman in the street lowers himself to a brute, no matter whether he offends by look, word, or gesture. Yeah. Love it. Good rule. Good rule. They had rules. No catcalling. That was on the rule <laughs> list. And they all read it. Yeah. 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 You know what else was on the rule list? A true gentleman never stops to consider what be the position of any woman whom it is in his power to aid in the street. He will assist an Irish washerwoman with her large basket or bundle over a crossing or carry over the little charges of a distressed nurse with the same gentle courtesy which he would extend toward the lady who is stepping from her private carriage. Be nice to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like that it's one a, a lot it, too. It's in the rule book. Yeah. You know what else is in the rule book? No. <laughs> Although I do like Cecil's work. When you wish to invite a lady to accompany you to the theater, opera, or concert, or any other public place of amusement, send the invitation the day previous to the one selected for taking her. If this is the first time you have invited her, include her mother, sister, or some other lady in the invitation. Be d Ask her the day before. Get right. on the schedule. Get yes, on the yes, calendar yes. and then be nice to her mom. It's in the rules. There are no rules. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but is there a book that you all read that has rules? No, I like Cecil, but I no, I, I was not given that book, certainly. Definitely not. Met the men have I will rules. say we but, but, but we do have to strike a delicate balance here between this and like the Jordan Peterson we need to return to manhood conversation. True. 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 It's not I mean I'm not making the point of what is manhood. I'm just sure. making the point of like how often do you does culture educate you on how to treat women? Yes, exactly. Yes. Like, Different. like for real, for real, like how to be like kind and think of them as people. Yeah. Never. Probably never. I certainly didn't receive that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn it from women. And back then the Cecils of the world were out there doing the work for us. And I appreciate it. I agree. That. Yeah. 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 Um, my next point was that, um, when you are when we're in this romance novel world of of 19th century society um the hero is often like a duke or like a wealthy landowner like uh -huh. it's it, it makes it a lot easier to parallel um like success and affluence with celebrity um mm. and so you because it's like those affluent people are the people that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, I wrote in my notes, you can marry the most famous guy you know, but you only know like 100 people and no one has a cell phone. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my final point, my final query and wonderment um, to why this is such a romantic setting. Um, women were treated <laughs> like property. And if you were highly valued property, like most main characters of a historical romance novel, um, there was a legal and cultural standard for how you had to be treated in this setting, in this, in this world that we all escaped to men were more incentivized to protect women from other men. 
Um, And if a man dishonored you, he had to face consequences. And a lot of the romance in those historical romance novels are literally just men taking responsibility for their actions. Yeah, that's true. In a way that was like culturally expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in conclusion, I think that 19th century romance novels are such a popular escape from our hellish reality of today um, was because it does mirror current realities of the policing and control over women, but it at least offers them the consolation prize of financial care and chivalry. Sure. Um, Today, we we live with a cheap version of equality that is always under threat while also having to deal by ourselves with the demands of capitalism. Damn. I am not demanding a return to traditionalism here by any means. Of course, we know that time sucked and we know why. And I am not one of those like, I wanted to be born in a different time, bitches, because I just. Trad girls. You know, it's not great, Um, but this is just a simple observation that women are fantasizing about a culture that was interested in policing them, but also protecting them in somewhat equal measure. Um, And it was also a society that was honest about what it was and what a woman's place in it was. Wow. Yeah. Even though 19th century British society wasn't great for women, at least it wasn't gaslighting them with this girl boss, girl power equality culture while simultaneously debating their right to bodily autonomy. Damn. And that's and that's why. That makes sense. I love that. I feel like I learned a lot today. Uh, my dog is in favor of it for sure. Um, <laughs> she was growling in case no one heard that. That didn't make any really? sense. Um, damn, man. I, w- I wish I uh, had a better like retrospective about that, but that that was wonderful. I agree with you. And again, yeah. I think yeah, I I I loved your conclusion there. Again, my my only fear I voiced immediately was just like, oh, we can't, but we can't. This is kind of what Jordan Peterson is talking about, but like a bastardization of it. I know, I know, and it's also hard because like I also feel like this argument like does kind of get into like very binary like the male experience versus sure. the female experience yes. and that's again that's not what i'm calling for at all i'm i'm more so just pointing out that as we as people with wombs are unequal under the law right yeah. now yeah 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 they, they're not being offered anything else Exactly. They're, yes, they're, they're yes. not being offered care. And it's so interesting to me that a very common fantasy among that demographic of people is not, you know, super futurist, aqua- like blind to the experience of different genders' future. Yeah. But rather like a return to a time that's similar, but at least there was something else. Right. Some clear and communication, I, some like good roles everyone could do. People, people knew, yeah, what, what to do with yeah, that information. People, people knew what to do and people yeah. knew how to treat people. Yes. Yes. I yes. just, I just, I, I long for a culture where we all treat each other with respect and it's right. odd. It's odd that this is a reference point for that. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like a culture that was fighting itself so much. And it, again, it was a, it was a culture that was like honest about itself and like, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously that was because 
they thought they were the most progressive. I mean, when you don't know, you have nothing uh-huh. to do but be honest. But it's it, it, somewhere around like industrialization, we got to this point where when like I'm going to start going on a tangent, but like when corporations took the place of like the monarchy in terms of like the ultimate rulers of society, we lost this understanding of knowing how to treat each other to an understanding of like how to work to survive. Like we we replaced, we replaced like manners with industriousness and, and now we don't know how to treat each other. Yeah. 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 And no, yeah, yeah, you're right. No consideration towards manners, but more just success and respect in that regard. You yeah. are, you are, you are fighting to be successful in business or whatever it is, and not no again, no education on how to treat each other. Yeah, and like no, no social support for developing those resources, those relationships. For sure. Only yeah. social support for becoming. Um, a more successful person under capitalism, you know, yes. like we we're all taught how to work, which is we're very not, cold and individualistic. Yeah, we're the exactly. Success. Yeah, yeah. We're all taught how to work. We're not really taught how to be in relationships. Yes, that is true. Huh. I don't know. There's probably a lot of like general generalizing and like dumb shit, but we're not here to be scholars. We're here to have. Hey, we're just talking. We're just, we're just talking. chatting. Yeah, we're just chatting. Uh, this anyway. started with a, with me showing you a baby shoe I accidentally bought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> this all and and it's so funny that like I have this much thought about what is a very silly hobby. Um, in when you like really think about the books I read, because it's uh-huh. like right now I'm reading a book about a princess of a made up country and she has to go to England and meet Queen Victoria. And then she meets a Scottish Duke and it's like, it's all very silly. Yeah. But there is some like real critical analysis that I wanted to go into as to why these books appeal to me. Appeal to you and don't appeal to men necessarily. (laughs) I guess. Which is also interesting. Yeah. For real. I can't see why they're very fun. I understand. I understand, but yeah, but I mean, it, it could be a reflection on the shortcomings of the reader. If it, if it was me, I'd just be like, oh yeah, damn. Or just, but and honestly, it's just, you kind of throw your hands up and it's like, well, I, I don't behave that way. Cause it would, it's not normal. Like the, our structure is not set up that way. We should do, we should do a Michael reads a romance novel segment. I would love podcast. it. I would, I would read a romance novel for sure. That sounds fun as hell. Also, we should uh, take some Southern etiquette classes. That's my closest association with that. Yeah. 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 My father tried to instill a little bit of that in me because he liked to pretend he was Southern because he's from Ohio. Sure. They all love that. They all love that. They all (laughs) love to do that. People fucking love that shit. (laughs) People from Ohio. Just Um, no identity. (laughs) (laughs) South question mark? Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. We're not East. We're not East. That much we know. <laughs> we're not West. That's for we're sure. We're not that West either. No, no, no. Kind of they're not and that middle. Not where? Where? Yeah, exactly. Middle to who? Middle to who? <laughs> well, I thank to, you very I'm gonna, much. I'm going to start thinking about which which romance novel I want you to read. I want something that is equal parts heartfelt and ridiculous. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It could be a. I'll come up with a clever play on the Fast and the Curious for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you could help me out by picking a title that was similar, I don't know if like there's a Tokyo Drift play you could find there or something like that. That'd be okay. Helpful. So I'll I'll just keep wordplay in mind as I as I as I settle on a title for you. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thank you very Great. much. Great. Are there any fast cars in them? There are no cars. It's the 19th century. Mm. That's carriages. True. Carriages. Okay. Any fast carriages? You could probably drift on a carriage. Um. Well, there. I, I know of a couple books that have a carriage accident, and then it's love like, it. It's very sad. It's very scary because one character's in a coma. Oh my god! I don't know if they're going to wake up. And, and we don't even know been, what comas are. We yeah, they don't. They just it's a sleeping sickness. They just uh. yeah called him a long sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were using leeches for no good reason. It was all absolutely very weird. You should see how they treated that hemophiliac kid. Oh, I'm sure. Oh man, rough. Not well. Not well. Spoiler alert. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, uh, he's just so swollen and bloody. At least it's Russia's problem, eh? Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's Russia's problem. <laughs> I always say that. Well, I was going to take us down with something light, but I I realized that I already kind of talked about it. But my my Rocket League is going very well. Yeah, I just want everybody yeah. to know that. No, I want to. I want the team update. We got our jerseys ordered. Okay, we played with Jeff a couple times. Good, good. Even though he's he's otherwise engaged most of the time, we were able to steal him away, uh, which has been a lot of fun. I lost my diamond, but I got it back thanks to the dedication of Ryan and, and myself. Uh, my my ones have been going well, and I've gotten into professional Rocket League and watching watching games. Mm. So I'm kind of a sports guy now. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Those announcers, they sound like sports guys. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening. Um, I just want to really quick, just so that it's on the record. Um, you did order design and then order shirts for your Rocket League team. Jerseys. Jerseys for your yeah. Rocket League team. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, would you say <laughs> then that like Rocket League is like just like the coolest thing you have going on and it's the most merch worthy thing you have going on in your life? Is that what you would say? Probably. I wouldn't say that. I would say uh, I have other more merch-worthy things going on. However, this one necessitated some merch. We needed jerseys. For all the people who are going to see you play? And the competing that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, Natalie, here's what I'm saying. If you and I get called to a podcast festival, we don't need to have matching outfits and merch. But if we did, <laughs> how cool. It would be cool, but I'm saying if Ryan, Jeff, and I got called to a Rocket League tournament, we would need the jerseys already. And you think that that call is just any day now? It could be. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe some team drops out of the regionals and we got we to gotta step up. Mm-hmm. How likely is that, you think? <laughs> I'm not, not saying I don't believe in you. Probably about as likely that I would be born with the type of hemophilia I have. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> that's no <laughs> fair and you know it. <laughs> I Prob- told- probably as likely as this very rare thing about me <laughs> <laughs> hey man i might as well use it if i have it 
you know i was telling some people at my work about my diagnosis uh did i talk about this last week i don't think so i don't think so i uh (laughs) was talking about my factor and my the specific factor which is the medication i use ladies and gentlemen uh is not on the formulary for the insurance policy at my company sure another factor seven is but I've been using my Factor 7 since I was a little baby, since I could fit in those Jordans. Mm-hmm. And so I was worried about it, and I messaged my, emailed my boss really quickly, and I was like, hey, I just want to know, is there someone I can talk to about this? I want to make sure, I want to verify that this isn't on the formulary before I talk to my, my uh, hematologist, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Here, here's some numbers. And I was like, yeah, as long as I can get a Factor 7 medication, I'll be fine. And she, the next time we had a call, she was like, you said factor seven? And I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, aren't you a hemophilia B patient? And then we got into it and she's uh-huh. not from the community at all. So it blew her mind. Wow. She was like, wow, that really doesn't make any sense. She said, are you still a hemophiliac? And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just used a different drug. And she was like, you know, I've never heard that before. And I said, and you probably never will. <laughs> That's... <laughs> So oh, even man. people working in pharma. <laughs> I hope they don't no think clue. you're faking now. <laughs> They're like, that doesn't make sense. I They're think like, I caught him on a lie. He has he has hemophilia B and he's using factor seven. Uh doesn't yeah. add up to me. Doesn't add up. You failed the tests. <laughs> Shit. But if anything, no, I if anything, that's the you would never lie about that. That doesn't make that really doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. a quick Google would disprove that. So you would have to have some some balls to to lie about that. Yeah, true. And true, I didn't. True. And yeah, I'll, I'll, you don't have the balls to lie about that. I, I absolutely don't. No, certainly not. Certainly not. So it's a good thing it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I've had a knee bleed for a while. Oh, are you still walking? Things I'm not not grateful for. I wasn't walking for most of this week. I'm kind of just getting back into it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Just as a hobby. Just as a hobby. I'm trying it out, seeing how it fits. And dude, every time I forget what it's like to walk when I'm on crutches and when I can start walking again, it feels great. Hell yeah. I don't recommend it, but you do get that relief when you do start walking again. When you were when you could fit in those Jordans, do you think that you would have thought by 2020 you would have had a robot body by now? Oh, for sure, dude. Definitely. At least have my hemophilia cured. What are yeah. we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I was like 2020, dude. I'll fucking be. I won't even care because of the jetpack. You know, yeah. like I I thought for sure I'd have you, it figured out by now. You won't have to walk. We're exactly. all in hover cars. Yeah, no one's walking like the fat people in Wally. Right. I thought I thought that would be my life, but unfortunately, no. Still got to fucking use these dumb legs. We should be working on that. We should be. I think they are, but Elon's yeah. building tunnels and not working on hover uh, chairs, like personal hover pods. That's what I always thought is that like we could all just have our own little pod that we drive around. It'd be great. That sounds fantastic. Again, that like Wally. Fantastic. Yeah, that's the best movie. Is it? Um, <laughs> it's the okay. best. It's the best one. I liked it a lot. Ooh, you know what I just watched? Wally. 
No. Me Damn, and Paige finished Our Flag Means Death on HBO. It was so good. Is it good? Yeah, it's Taika Waititi. Um, I think should I might I have talked. I think I might have talked about it last week. Yeah, you, did. you should because we finished oh. it and it's so good. And also, I immediately after finishing it, I like Googled how old is Taika Waititi, and then I moved up my Bumble age range to forty six, which is how old <laughs> he is. Because damn. That's a that's a good forty six though. That's a, that's good, a great well, forty six. I'll take it. I'll still take it. <laughs> that's a really good forty six. I I love that. That's so funny. I will watch it. I've been into pirates recently, so I think I could get into that. It's really cute. It's like equal. Like Paige always describes it as like equal parts heartfelt and like silly. Um, I love it. It's, it's really really good. Yeah, oh, I would recommend. What it. am I talking about? Another thing I was grateful for. New season of Love on the Spectrum. Oh, US. yeah. Oh, so good. Everyone uh, should be watching that show. It's great. I haven't watched it, but the girl, Abby, does a lot of TikToks that I saw yeah. and I sent you one. She's fantastic. I love her. I love them all. They're all great. Hell yeah. They're all great. I love we should all be watching and learning from Love on the Spectrum. It's so cool. Yeah. It's also interesting to see like what societal societal norms they gravitate towards mm-hmm. because they don't have the like it's they they don't have the like pressure of necessarily being influenced by people and are like told what to care about socially. You know what I mean? Uh, and and it's it's fascinating to see like which ones. Like, like some of them are like hyper focused on like, again, going back to like success, mm-hmm. hyper focused on getting a good job. It's just like love in their mind is laid out very clearly. And, and, and it's interesting to see what that means to each of them, because a lot of it is, is probably outside influence or like what took from the outside influence where we're like, obviously an amalgamation. And so, so are they, of course, like, I, I don't mean to like simplify their thoughts in this way, but but it is interesting to see what they care about because they lay it out so clearly and concisely and like matter of factly. And it's, yeah. it's interesting to see. That's awesome. Love it. Love on the spectrum. U.S. season one. Season one. This is the first season in the United States. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Cause it's all, it's been Australian. Oh. And the documentarians are so great. It's the same people. They're Australian. You can hear their little accents. But like <laughs> they they don't go by the traditional rule of like we don't interfere, you know, like re- typical reality TV show shit. They do interfere sometimes and they're just like, hey, man, it's all right. This date's going. I think you're doing great. Or, you know, what, they're like talking to them. It's yeah, it's great. They have a great relationship, I think, with the with the subjects. And it's wonderful. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I remember watching it with you and I really liked it. I've just never watched it on my own. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. The best. The best, dude. I have to finish it. I haven't finished it yet. I I'm not really watching anything now that we finished that, but I will. I had a lot of people message me after I said that Barry was a contender for my next thing to watch. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of positive support, so when Paige gets back from camping, I'll I'll suggest that we start that. Paige is camping right now, so I haven't had anything to do this weekend. (laughs) I've just been hanging out. 
<laughs> I've just been hanging out. I went, I did errands, um, and I have been feeding her cat, Theo. So oh, I love it. There. Yeah, but. What about the dog? Oh, she took the dog. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She took, okay. she took Georgie. Oh, my cat's right here. Fian, I can hear my dogs jingle jangle in their little collar tags from the other room. Oh, I miss your dogs. Yeah, I think they forget you, Michael. No, I, that, I'm worried about that. I'm worried I'm going to come in and they're going to be like, who the fuck is this jabroni? They're going to be like, hmm, <laughs> I don't remember you. No. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna get there soon. Got to come visit before you go move on to Columbus in your new big boy life. I know. My big boy life. Mm-hmm. And my big boy shoes. In your, your big boy life and your little boy shoes. They're so small. <laughs> They're so small. They're they are cute. cute though. Yeah, like if you would have gotten those in the right size, you would uh, be yeah. would have been adorable. It. But yeah. they're just a little off. <laughs> Even Man. though they're obviously too small, I still thought maybe I could squeeze into them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought Michael, Michael, maybe. they're small. They're the size of your hand. <laughs> They're so small. They're way small. They're smaller than my hand for sure. God. Uh, it's if so anyone weird. needs fucking expensive baby shoes, please let me know. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's uh, it's I mean, I guess rich people exist, but it's weird that you would buy expensive shoes for a child that small cuz they're just going to grow right out of them. My mom said that and you know what? That also doesn't make sense to me. But maybe it's just Maybe they just get passed around when people misorder <laughs> the wrong yeah, size. I guess. Yeah. So if anyone just had a baby, uh, hit me up. I mean, they're not baby shoes. They're definitely for like a second grader. No, but a baby could grow into it. Yeah. When they're you like a second them. grader. Yeah. You can keep, what's that? Like four? Uh, second grade is. It's eight. Probably like <laughs> seven. Yeah. Yeah. But you know. Babies take so long to grow up. They take so long to grow. They're like eight the world's years. worst plant. Eight, eight years eight. and it's just a fucking second grader. That sucks. Second graders years, suck. Michael. It takes 18 whole years, almost two whole decades until that thing's out of your house. That's, that's fucking crazy. That's but I'm saying you, you spend eight years and it's still a piece of shit. It still can't do anything. <laughs> it still can't drive a car. Children are beautiful. Sure. Miracles. <laughs> We're very happy for anyone who. <laughs> yeah, congr- congratulations! But kids, good kids God. are great. They know what to sign up for. It's like a more like, oh, your house is beautiful. That sucks. You're going to be paying for thirty years on this. Yeah, but like, it's your great. house is beautiful, but like your roof is going to get a hole in it one day. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And your kid's going to be like have snot running down its nose for the next eight years at least. Before it learns how to blow its nose. I didn't learn how to blow my nose for a long time. <laughs> well, it was the hemophilia. I didn't want to do a self-report there. <laughs> I wanted to be clear. I was making a joke. I'm sure I knew how to blow my nose. I don't remember when I learned, but I'm sure I knew by second grade. I don't Probably. see what I'm nervous about. And obviously, like you learn all of this. You've got a couple months to prepare when you're having a kid. So you learn all this stuff. But I, now that I'm an adult, I'm very muddy on like milestones. 
for right. children. I don't know. I don't know when they start talking. I don't know when they start walking. I don't know when they can like go to the grocery store by themselves. I was talking about that with my mom not that long ago because my cousin had kids and like I don't care. But like I saw one of them and he was walking and I was like, oh, is he like what a couple months now? And she was like, he's fucking three. What are you talking about? He's walking. And I was like, I don't know. You could tell me that kid was three months or three years and I would not know the day. I don't know what it's even supposed to look like at that age. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's a it's a baby. And so they're all babies. That's they're all babies until they're kids. Until they're kids, yeah. Until and I'm then, like kind of scared of them. And then they're kids for a while, and then they're teenagers, and then they're adults. I guess ad- just another just and another then they're dude. like <laughs> dumb adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're forty. And then you're forty, and then it's over. And then it's over. No, I'm starting to think that I'm probably gonna like my forties. You're gonna peak in your forties. I think I'm gonna peak in my forties. <laughs> I I've love just, that for you. I've decided. I've. Just, I'm gonna. I'm. It's. I feel like it's the age I was born to be. You know, I've always. Yeah, I been feel. 40. I feel the same. I feel the same. I've always been forty. I. I don't. I like to sleep. Uh huh. I like to do whatever I want. Yep. And I don't. I do care, but I don't like to care about what other people exactly. think of me. Yep. And so, just being like a confident, self-assured forty-year-old who's like seen it, <sighs> gotten through it. It's gonna gotten be gotten through it. It's going to be great. I, I agree with you. I think 40, 40 is going to be good. Well, how old was Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City? Probably way younger than that. No, no. Late 30s? They were, in their, they were in their 30s. And it was like, she was like getting to the point where she was at that age where she had to like, there was an episode where she was like, I'm running out of time to have children. Do I want to have right. children? Yeah, 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 so yeah. So like late 30s, 40s. That makes sense. Yeah, see, that seems like a great, fun age. Yeah. I'll be Mr. Big. Do you think? Maybe. I like the mustache. Do you? Are you going to, spoilers, die of a heart attack in the spinoff? Probably. Okay. Maybe. How old? Uh, I don't know. They probably said in the show. Like he was older than her, probably. Right? Yeah. Oh, 50s, 60s. I don't know. I'm through my wonder years of the 40s. Whenever people die, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whenever people die. 50, I don't know, 50, 60. (laughs) 50, 60, whenever people die. (laughs) Heart attack. I can have a heart attack. I can have a stroke. You would have to, it would be on a Peloton. Would you, you wouldn't ride a Peloton. You can't bend your knees. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. (laughs) There's no way I'm getting on a Peloton. Especially not at 50 or whatever he was. Hell well, no. And then I, I don't think you can be Mr. Big. Oh, fuck. Fiend. He was also like, he was also like dumb rich. Yeah. Stupid rich. See, that's a worry too. I couldn't live in New York City. Fiend. Yeah, he's, <laughs> dude, he's been a menace on my calls recently. Just he used getting, to just be chill. Getting in the camera. Yeah, he used to just be chill with me on the computer. Now he's fucking all up in my business. He wants to meet all your new coworkers and friends. I understand that, but like, he doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't look at the camera. If he looked at the camera, it'd be cute. Right. Sometimes he sits on my lap and he does, but regardless. Ooh, I think we should do uh, a D&D update for the people who I like hearing okay. about our D&D campaign. 
Okay. Okay. Because we're having we're having so much fun. We are having fun. We can't spoil it, but we did some. Well, we we did some mischief. I got some mysterious damage <laughs> that I'm worried about. Oh yeah, me too. I'm also worried about that for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm also worried about that. But we, you know, vampire. Blah, 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 you know, what can we say? What can't we say? Well, I don't know if anybody. So spoilers for Curse of Strahd. If you are ever going to play Curse of Strahd ever, just ignore this part. So there's uh. vampire kin, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. an actual vampire, spawn. but I, my character got bit. Vampire spawn. A vampire spawn. Yeah. 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 My character got bit by a vampire spawn, and I am scared. I think it's going to have your health is effects. down. Yeah, my uh, health, like my max HP, got reduced. And as a, what if you can't go out during the day? As a barbarian, that is very stressful to me because my whole point is to have high HP. So yeah, yeah. You know, you know when you were playing Skyrim and you became a vampire, and no. then you couldn't go out during the day. No. What if that happened to you? No. <laughs> yeah, you do. You remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, you can become a vampire in Skyrim, and when you oh. do, you then you can't get go out during the day. married to people in Skyrim too, huh? That's true. That's fun. Have you ever done that? I'll tell you. I was more concerned with being a vampire. I wasn't. I See, wasn't that concerned with like settling down. Well, I'm buying a house in this virtual world. Yeah, I think if I ever played Skyrim, I would just want to like marry a kind-eyed villager and start a <laughs> cheesemongering business. You can do that. Yeah, you that can do that. Great. That sounds perfect. <laughs> But Natalie, there's like, you can go kill dragons. I just want to sell cheese and embroider gowns to wear to the local <laughs> the local town gathering. But the, dra- I, the dragon. I just want to gather plants to make a dye that perfectly captures the color of my eyes so that I can there's, spin it into thread and <laughs> embroider my collar. There's werewolves. I don't, I just, I just want to, you know. Get the get the village gossip every morning as I go buy my daily <laughs> loaf of bread. I don't think I don't know if this is the game for you. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. It also takes a while. There's no way it takes a while to get there. There's no way you would put in you would put in that work to get to that place. That's why that's why I don't play video games. That's fair. That's fair. There's, there's not enough just mundane life sims (laughs) there's the sims but that's too open world i'm tired of the sims i need more structure you need more structure the sims is so structured you you can't even do anything you can do anything that's why it's overwhelming you just build a house and get a job yeah (laughs) have a kid i guess kill them all kill them yeah Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get you. Maybe I'll download like some Skyrim mods or something, and I'll get you in a place where you can be a cheesemonger. Oh, that would be the <laughs> nicest thing. Could I do it on my MacBook Pro? That probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But maybe I'll get you like a Switch or something. Okay, I could be a cheesemonger on the Switch. You could, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Benny boy. Well, Finn. Oh, I have hairspray on my desk right now 
because I was on a meeting and there was a whole ass centipede on my wall. And so I had to go camera Ew. off really quick, grab this hairspray and then just kind of like spray it off camera. Why didn't you squish it? Because I didn't want to get that close to it. <laughs> you just pop. If I get in range to squish it, I'm dead. No, no, it's a centipede. I got to hairspray it and then drop it. It's got to drop to the ground. And then what? You got to pick and- it up. No, and then I get my really long vacuum, and then I. Are you kidding me? No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting near that. It's a centipede. Yeah, my point exactly. I understand. I understand. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, Well, I think we did it. Uh, Thanks for thanks for letting me talk at you for like half. I loved it, dude. That was great. Um, hell yeah. Uh, cool. So thank you to Ryan and Brandel for our intro music. Also, Michael for, Michael. you know, the Skrillexing of it all. You're and welcome. then um, thank you to Kevin Budnick for our cover art and also Michael for the yeah. Skrillexing metaphorically of it all. Um, it. And thank you to you, dear listener. Hey, me and Michael have been having some more um, like administrative meetings. Um, and so we're we're kind of thinking of stuff, thinking of things. We'll let you know when we have updates, but we appreciate you being around to hear those updates and for uh, caring enough to to listen to this point to hear me say all this. So yeah, with, we love love, you. with love in our hearts and appreciation pouring from our eyes, Mr. I think Big. with with in the spirit of Mr. Big, <laughs> I think all that's left to say this is, is dying. good, good night, night, New York. York. We love you. Bye. My I still don't have the intro. Yeah. There's no cohesion. They're talking exes for the rest of your history. Yeah, kind of ends us on a gentle note. Yeah. Bye, everybody.